What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the seventh advent of whiskey, if my math is correct. It's probably wrong. Yeah. It's somewhere between one and ten, because that's how many we're doing. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's not one. And it's down on the Fibonacci scale. It's just literal. Yeah. No, I, I think it's seven. Today, we are doing whiskeys 15 to 19 from the Flaviar not. Whiskey Advent Calendar. Nope. What's that? We're going to do five in one, or are we going to do two or three in one? Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Sorry. We're doing 15 to 17. <laughs> <laughs> have another, Mr. Wagner. Yeah. We may or may not have recorded a unrelated to Advent of Whiskey podcast right before this and had some whiskey. And it's a great idea. I don't know. My brain. All right. So... I don't think I even said this is Whiskey Web and whatnot. I'm Robbie. That's Chuck. <laughs> We're your hosts. All the rules are out the window for the advent of whiskey. I really feel like I'm the passenger to this podcast anymore. So I'm no longer the host. Yeah. Great. Let's get into it. Number 15, product of USA. Looks like it's 45%, so 90 proof. It's a blended American whiskey. Oh, it looks like it's matured in black brandy casks. So I'm guessing like a... Oh. Yeah, like um, some sort of blackberry or... Oh, it smells good. Fruit, darker fruit, non-age stated. It's called Blackened, which immediately makes me think of the Metallica song. So I don't know if that's mm. something you're familiar with, but... I'm familiar with Metallica. I've heard of them. And Justice for All was definitely a part of my youth. And Blackened was a song on that album. I'm fairly sure. Hopefully nobody calls me mm. out. Otherwise... Let's see here. It's metal, right? Oh, see? Yeah. To me, now that you've mentioned all of the black keywords, <laughs> I would say a little bit of current, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see, I'm getting a little clove on the scent for me. Cloves. I don't know. My nose never works. Yeah. I'm getting a little like yeah. cloves and a little, little berry. Yeah. Current. I could see current or something. Yeah, I think um, the cloves, I don't know if I'm getting cloves exactly, but something medicinal, herby um, kind of thing, minty. Yeah. Along those lines. Ooh, yeah. Like, okay. I could think of that in terms of like like a fernetti kind of herbally mix. I'm not getting mint, but herbal. I definitely could get that. So, all right. We should taste it. Mm-hmm. I, I did already. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, a little minty. I get the mint on the initial bit. And then some of the herb, then some spice in the finish. We don't have a lot in terms of the mash bill. So who knows there? Just American whiskey. You don't get to know the rest. Yeah. I'm going to also say, I don't know why, but maybe some mulberry. Hmm. All around the mulberry bush. It's not really blackberry as we had maybe no i mean if they actually use something blackberry then they didn't do a great job because i'm not getting that but um yeah i'm not getting any jamminess in the actual taste i got the mint in the initial bit i still getting like herbaceous flavors throughout and then more of a spicy peppery finish so it's interesting yeah it feels more like plants than the fruit of the plants i agree for sure yeah like if you took a blackberry leaf yeah and put it in there and so you had an essence of said berry Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, though. It's not my favorite ever. I would give it, I think, a six. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm in the five or six range. Like, it's above average for sure, and it's a little bit different. I don't know that I want to have it all the time. But, uh, yeah, maybe in this season, too. Like, it could be applicable with the, like, minty whiskiness of it. Mm-hmm. So, I'll go six. I'm down with that. And there we have it. 
that's my main feedback to Flaviar is like how if you're doing this as a real advent calendar am I supposed to remember like four to five days back and go yeah okay I compared it to these and like I like this one better and this one better I I don't know and we've done a lot at a time like I theoretically could remember more but no yeah I mean we're now up to 15 samples so that will uh, skew yeah. your your memory I think a little bit turns out yeah Perhaps you're supposed to do more in-depth notes that would like remind you, but I'm just like minty next one. Like, <laughs> Ooh, this is going to be a great one. Oh God. I'm looking on to 16. Have you looked on yet? That it's from India. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Product of India. It's Amrut, which is, I've tried one of theirs before. Um, not this one. It looks like need all Indian single malt whiskey. Oh, single malt. Too. 46%. Yeah, I mean, they're all in scotch style that I have experienced in from Indian whiskey. Let's see if we get any more than that. Low production, while our other national distilling shops were focused on low-cost production, the entire history of Emroot has been a story of improvement, quality, and taste. And it shows. So they've spent a lot on production. Yes. And it's still going to be trash, is what I'm hearing. It's hard to say. You know, we'll see where we go there. Ooh, okay. Okay. Huh. Whoa, that one is smoky. Oh, yes. Yeah, the nose is very smoky. It's hard to get past anything else there. Yeah, this is just a branch that is actively on fire right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All they did was take all of the mash bill, and instead of cooking it down, they just lit it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Then they bought some Everclear for just pure alcohol and mixed the smoke and then just mix it together and let it sit for 15 minutes and it's ready yeah go and pair as well with your favorite curry does it say that really no oh okay (laughs) okay no it's a poor generalization and i apologize up front or actually in rears because i did it yeah that's uh they can eat anything anyone of any ethnicity can have any cuisine chuck you uncultured fuck. <laughs> so funny thing, side note there, perhaps, but I feel like I'm semi-cultured. And the funny thing for some places. I'm just giving you a hard time. So like in Italy, they don't go, hmm, what cuisine should we go out for? They just go out for food and it is Italian cuisine 99% of the time. That's true. Every once in a while, they might make a stretch in a larger city and be like, let's get fast food. That's a real something different or Get another ethnicity. It's never good, though. Yeah. I had the worst Chinese food of my life in Barcelona, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. I don't know. But, like, it was heralded as great Chinese, and I wanted something a little different. And we went there, and it was, like, soupy fried rice with chunks of seafood in it. Yeah. And it sounds like it should still be fine. And it wasn't. I would have rather had a McDonald's cheeseburger. And I don't even like those. Yeah, I think think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but we... We were there for three weeks, and after two weeks, we were like, uh, we've had a lot of pizza. Like, let's mm-hmm. try something else. So we went to a Mexican place, and it was garbage. Yes. Like, it was not good at all. Margaritas were good. I give them that. Okay. But the food was just phoned it in. Like, no flavor. Well, I feel like part of that is just what they have in terms of ingredients, right? They're, like, stocking a lot of what they need for their own food, and so they might not be getting a lot of, like, cornmeal or the kinds of beans you might not, I don't know. Like it might be hard to get quality ingredients. I think that's like half the problem because it's funny if periodically I'll send back to my friends in Italy, pancake 
mix and pancake syrup because those are things they just kind of really can't get. I forget what you can't get that. There's something it's not like maybe it's baking powder or there's something in pancakes that makes them fluffy that they just don't have. Mm. And so they can't really replicate Interesting. it. So you send them, you know, you pay $20 to send them a $2 bo- box of Aunt Jemima back. And it is, it's like Christmas. I think you mean the Pearl Milling Company. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's not that anymore, is it? It's a, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm. It's Pearl Milling Company. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I don't buy a lot of pancake mix of any kind. And I'm just more tapping into my childhood where like that was the big thing and commercials were on and whatever else. Yeah. And then people realized like, no, really that's very racist. So I respect it. Yeah. No, I mean on the one hand, so I read a story about this and we're going far into whatnot before we have these other whiskeys, but um, yeah, it's okay. I forget all the details. So someone can call me out on it if I'm wrong, but it was something to the effect of like the lady that was the Aunt Jemima real person was like, a slave or like made no money essentially and made her family millions of dollars from like using her likeness. And like, she was proud of being the person I think. Right. But now people these days are like, you know, that's racist because it's a stereotype, but so they've forgotten the story. That's true. I suppose that's a thing. Like, yeah. Does that family deserve nothing because of what that represents in general to some people? who didn't experience those hardships and she did experience that hardship and she opted into it and profited for it yeah. and deserves that payday. That's pretty deep for the show, I think. Yeah. But I respect that. And it's an interesting point. Basically it's, it's just, you know, consider both sides all the time instead of just going down one path or even just context in general, like your own context observing based on that. And then now you're fighting to destroy this family's, consistent earning potential and well-being mm-hmm. because of a thing you perceive. Yeah. Personally, if I were the face of a product, yeah, regardless of if it were in a potentially racist picture of me. Well, I can't say that. I'm thinking of things that would be bad now. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like we can go down this path a bunch of like, okay, so a picture that is racist is it racist because in 1940 that was an accurate representation of social hierarchy and context? Like it's racist that perhaps this woman was placed in a very subservient post slave right. position without having like living wages. Like, okay, that is racist, but who she was at that time, is that racist? I don't know. Like it because she had to dress in like a dress in a certain way or have a is that racist? No, that's not racist. That's exactly who she was at that point. So it's like, should you bury that or should you champion the hard work and what she became? I don't know. So, yeah, again, I'm not taking aside or perception here and we're probably getting like way deep for this particular (laughs) show. But I I, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. (laughs) Merry Christmas. So this is very smoky Mm -hmm. and tastes very much like a super smoky scotch, which essentially to me is like a campfire whiskey. And I love that High West basically came out with like a campfire whiskey to say this is our smoky scotch. But it's an American whiskey. And if you like smoke, maybe you'll like this. I don't love smoke. This to me is too much like putting some drops of liquid smoke into something and basically completely burying everything that is potentially the flavor of the spirit. Yeah. So 
So yes, all of that to say, there aren't any real flavor notes. No. However, I don't hate it. Yeah. Just because there's nothing like terrible in it. It's just really smoky. So I give it a three. Yeah. Like the previous Indian one was like a zero because it was like undrinkable. But this is drinkable. It's just not interesting. So yeah, I would say three is fair. So in terms of Indian whiskeys that I've had, which I think is three or four, this is probably in the tops of those. So if I like had to choose in that realm, I'd pick this one and give this probably a seven or eight because everything else has been pretty gross and undrinkable. This is drinkable. So yeah, in that spirit, I say that in the spirit of things that are like scotch like whiskeys, potentially, and comparatively, it's just like all smoke, no flavor, three. Yeah. I mean, I think it probably holds up to some scotches that I've had. So, yeah, there's that to say. Yeah, there is that to say. And you're saying it. So I appreciate that. So let's pretend like this is still for the holidays and do a couple more holiday trivia real quick. Happy holidays. I know you ruined it with this whole Aunt Jemima is gone. First of all, you've destroyed a part of my... I was just riffing. Just riffing. <sighs> you've destroyed part of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, the... uh Uncle Ben's is gone too. Mm. I think it's still called Ben's maybe. Yeah. But maybe they removed the uncle and there's like no picture of the guy anymore or something like that. Interesting. Poor Ben. Yeah. I don't know his story. I don't know if he like actually wanted to be on there or not, but right. Okay. What does the word Hanukkah mean? Mm. Celebration. Oh, that's a good guess. Let's see. Not even close. Oh, dedication. Okay. I looked at the wrong. So, there's like a list of 35 questions and there's a numbered list of the answers and it was number seven. And I scrolled down and my eye went to number five because the answer was seven. And I was like, huh, wait, it can't mean seven, <laughs> but yeah. So it means dedication. Oh, okay. I will. I thought you were laughing at my answer, but no, 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 unless no. you were not <laughs> any friends fans will really get my constant. Yeah. Seven or people that have seven heard you mention that on like, 10 episodes. Listen, I'm out of ideas. Or perhaps seven episodes. Mm. <laughs> seven, your favorite David Fincher movie. I know. Do more Americans get real or artificial trees? Did we ask that one already? No, but I'm going to guess artificial. That's my guess too. Yep, artificial. So growing up, we always got an artificial tree. And then my wife had a family tradition of getting a a real tree and they even went out in the woods and cut theirs for quite some Mm. time. We never did that, but we did get a real tree for a number of years and eventually decided to observe the, well, this is killing trees and there's so much extra with this. Let's like try a really nice artificial tree done that. Never looking back. Can't get her to do tinsel though. You know, like she's just not that tacky. Yeah. I think um, we do some of both. So we have, two trying to think we might have no three artificial trees and we always get one real one and so like that's going to be the tradition every year is go like to the tree farm find the one we like cut it down we did that a couple times especially like over the pandemic like everyone thought that was cool again because it's like it's a thing we can do like out in public and uh yeah so that was it was like you know there'd be a line that was like a hundred people long and it would take you hours to check out, but it's theoretically fun. I think if you go on not a insane day like that, it's very fun, but 
we pick the wrong trees all the time because they like you get it home and it like well one never get a blue spruce i can say that because they prick you everywhere like you go to put an ornament on and it's like you get pricked a whole bunch of times and then by mm. like the end of it especially with all my allergies my hands are like <laughs> inflamed and like itchy like terribleness i have had the allergy issue i don't know that we've i couldn't honestly tell you the the kind of uh of tree that we got but it, the kind that costco sells mm. so they would just have the truck out to the side you go pay you come out with your receipt you get your tree kind of go with that like when I did cut them out up north with my wife's family, like I, I'm sure it was a lot more arbitrary then, but I'm guessing that there are no allergens in the Costco version. But I, I think when we did the fresh ones, I had the same thing where you were like, okay, now I have to help you carry it back to throw on top of the car. Yeah. My arms would just be like, yeah, exploding. Yeah. The blue spruces are actually really nice, like shape and they like hold their shape well they're not as floppy as like um i forget all the the other kinds i think a, i want to say a douglas fir is like the the one most people get or something a standard one okay but then there's like you can get like a white pine which is very floppy it's the one with like the long needles that are like what people use for mulch in some spots hmm. apparently we used to do that growing up and i don't remember having a tree like that ever but there was like a one guy we knew that had a tree farm that was the only kind of trees he had so we uh did those interesting anyways anyways no more holiday blue crap yeah should we spend a little time talking about whether you should or should not code in yaml mm. let's think about this so i present this because i do think that yaml is a more robust data structure is it a language i don't know i don't think it's a language either it's, it's like a data structure paradigm than json and would you want to write functions in JSON? Well, I don't know. I think uh, JSON 5 has some like things that do some different stuff. I forget if functions is one. I don't think, I think you still can't do functions. Okay. Let's just take out whether you can or not. Yeah. Because I think that there are projects like digging into the can problem or the can question. It's not a problem. It's just like, it's a question. And you're in this space, should you context change or should you be able to run functions here? And I perceive it in a way, again, it's like, so you think of CSV as a data structuring format. I think of JSON as a more robust data structuring format. And I think of YAML as an even more robust, like diverse data structuring format. So is it a data structuring format? I may have said that once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So should you interpolate that with functions, which is like an innate part of programming? And what are your functional restrictions in within that too? Like functions have a number of paradigms to like work through data itself. So how far does that go? It's a slippery slope to me. I don't get it. I just might be dumb. Yeah. That's possible. No, we should not use yaml for functions in my opinion so like devil's advocate a javascript object can have functions in it so it's kind of a data format mm -hmm. where usually you would have a key value type of thing where like it could be strings or numbers or whatever maybe those strings 
kind of similarly to YAML could represent commands you want run in CI or something. So just because you can put a function in there, should you though? Yeah. I think the thing is programming languages are good at executing things. And I would say YAML is not a programming language. Agreed. In the classic sense. Yeah. I feel like it's data formatting in the way that CSV is. Yeah. But enhanced. Right. And how far are we going to take it? Yeah. So I think it gets complex of like, so, okay, if you want to introduce a function, right? What if the function is asynchronous? Or what if there's something complex where it's like, how do I know to go to the next step? Or what happens if there's an error in the function? Yeah. And should I continue after the error or not? I think it's a slippery slope. I can't compare it to a primitive within a language. I know what you're saying about like objects as a primitive within JavaScript, which beyond the keys, the values are kind of like whatever you want. But that's not really organizing data. Again, it's just sort of like nested primitives, essentially. It's a function as a primitive and an object having their values as potential primitives. That makes sense to me. As a convenience method, sure. Yeah, I get where that's convenient for you in a particular use case. But in terms of like trying to make this be more of a standard, I just, no. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a package that makes it very explicit in a very specific use case. Sure. I want to use YAML and I want to use it and I want to like basically have these very, I don't know, on-demand functional aspects of it based on the specific things that I feed into that. And that gives me the data structure I need. Okay. I don't know. That seems specific, I guess, but sure. I think there's a lot of ways to skin that cat, but sure. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, I've always been one for separation of concerns anyways. Mm -hmm. So like I would compare it to CSS and JS where it's like, yes, you can do it, but you lose a lot of the tooling around it where it's like, there's a lot of stuff that's been built for decades around CSS being separate and like it can autocomplete your things and tell you the rules. And if your value you put in there is valid for it or not, instead of just being like a camel case string, because that's all you can put in JavaScript. And then like you just put values in and hope they style the way you think they should. And just so that you can have it in one file and like theoretically tree shake better or whatever. So I think it's similar here where like people rather than write a script that is then run by the YAML, they're like, well, why do I need to go like write a node script or whatever I'm going to run with the command line? I'll just write the function here and like code from there. So like I get the appeal, how it's similar to like, let's do it all in one place. But I think it's, it changes the format. It's not the same like thing anymore. And it's not meant to do that. Like just write another myscript.js and do like npm run myscript or whatever. Like that works just fine. And that's like the happy path. And there you have it. Yeah. And that's, I guess, enough for this one. So thanks for listening. This one got weird. We'll get a little less weird maybe for the next one, but no promises. And we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Whiskey Web and Whatnot. This podcast is brought to you by ShipShape and produced by Podcast Royale. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend or two and leave us a rating and maybe a review as long as it's good. 
You can subscribe to future episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more info about ShipShape and this show, check out our website at shipshape.io.